Cue fake podcast music. Dun, dun, dun. Hello and welcome to Michigan and Other Mayhem, the show about Michigan, murder, mysteries, and other random mayhem from around the world. Your hosts are Ellie and Jen. And Jen, what you got today? I have Uber. The dude that killed... Uber. Go ahead. The dude that killed people? The dude that killed people. That's what started it. Okay. And then as I investigated it, I was mm. like, holy crap. This is not unusual. For Uber people to, to... Well, Uber drivers to kill someone or for people around Uber to get killed? So, Uber drivers yeah. killing their passengers. Okay. Passengers killing Uber drivers. Uber drivers killing, you know... Whoever. Whoever. Yeah. When I brought this up to my husband, what he said to me was like, I wonder if that brought down the cab number... Uh, the number of... Uh, brought down the number of deaths from cab drivers. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't know. I wonder if cab drivers feel safer now. Maybe. <laughs> the Uber drivers are getting shot instead of them. They could. Um, I'm going to do one. There was a serial killer that I eyeballed the eyeball, ran into when I was a teenager. Unknown, I actually knew he was a serial killer at that point. I just was kind of retarded and impatient. Oh, and... You didn't know he was a serial killer when you looked at him. No, I did know. You did know. Yeah, he was so you already... you just wanted to put yourself in the line. Yeah, you know, teenagers, not the smartest. And I think that this one is going to come out around my birthday. That's why I was like, let me do the one from my mm-hmm. childhood so I could at least remember a bit of my teen years. There you go. Back before every part of me hurt. Also, I know I look extra homeless today. I have paint in my hair, etc. Because oh, you do! Oh my goodness! We're painting the bathroom, <laughs> and Mike's like, "Don't you want to clean up?" I was like, "No." <laughs> but yes. then we're driving. I'm like, "Oh, if we get into a car accident, they're gonna think you picked up a homeless woman." <laughs> Drive safe. That's right. Um, how about I go first because I actually have some corrections. I'm gonna correct myself. Our last podcast, we we do them a little early, hasn't come out yet, but I better correct myself. Okay. Before anybody else hears. Because my family loves to correct me. They do. I find that quite interesting. (sighs) Yeah. So, in the Oakland County child killer case, close to the end, I say Christine um, was the first female child killed, but she was actually the second one. She was actually the third child killed second girl, not the first girl, so nobody needs to correct me. I I know that I'm probably going to get corrected before this one comes out, but just, I'm saying I know I made a mistake. Also, remember when I was like, isn't that Oprah's channel, the Mm -hmm. um, Oxygen? Yeah. Oprah's channel is own, O-W-N. Oxygen just starts with an O. Oh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, that makes sense because I was like, well, that's not like, her, her her genre, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, Oprah's not known for her true crime. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right? Okay. So, in the early 1990s, for two years, there was a serial killer in Michigan that no one knew about until he kind of, like, told on himself in 1992. And his name was Leslie Allen Williams. Why does us, all serial killers yeah. at some point tell on themselves? Oh, I think that people, most people who kill tell on themselves because they can't freaking help it. It's almost like when you've done something, you're like so excited you want to tell somebody, but nobody else wants to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one thing serial killers don't count on. Only you are excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> I know that um, he graduated, Leslie did, from my high school. Decades before me, because when I looked him up in 1993, that was my senior year, I went to a high school in Wald Lake, and his crimes were coming to light, and more charges were being brought against him. And in the commons area of my school, 
there was, or I don't know, maybe there still is, a large collection of photos from my senior classes. They're on the wall, like the way you display posters in a store. You know, they have like the metal frame and then like the plastic over it. Yep. Yeah, um, so they have those for every year that you graduated, and I was flipping through them in 1993, looking at all the things, trying to guess his age, what year I would be closest, and I actually did find his senior photo in my high school, like, collage on the wall. And I just remember at the time, like, ooh, <laughs> serial killer walked these halls, which says them probably more serial killers that walked the halls, yeah. I don't know. Um, Leslie Allen Williams was born July 4th, 1953, to Dorothy Williams and Lyle Young Williams. Lyle was Dorothy's second husband. Dorothy had two daughters from, with her first husband. She also had three sons with Lyle, including Leslie. The boys were named Lyle Jr., Leslie, and Jay. I just thought, oh. shouldn't you name them all with L's? You went Lyle, Leslie, and yeah. Jay? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you name them Leonard? <laughs> I know, right? Just keep with the alliteration. Yeah. So Dorothy was a prostitute. Lyle told police that he knew his wife was a prostitute and he used to watch her with customers from the closet. So he'd get in the closet and she'd bring customers in. That is disgusting. Well, that's not the only disgusting thing Lyle did. In 1957, Lyle was convicted of sexually abusing Dorothy's two daughters, pleading guilty to the charges. He was sent to a hospital for the criminally insane in Ionia, Michigan. Before Lyle left the hospital, Dorothy... Lyle Jr. and Leslie moved to California in 1959. Dorothy's older son, Jay, and her two daughters went to live with other family members. Dorothy and Lyle divorced in 1961 after he was released from the hospital. So she already moved to California, and then when he was released, she's like, good, we can clear the divorce. Mm -hmm. Dorothy married James E. Adams in 1962. Dorothy was shot to death by her third husband, James, shortly after they were married. He shot her in the head, and then he did the same to himself, shot himself in the head. Oh, wow. I couldn't find the exact date, because here's one of the problems with the internet. Unfortunately, Dorothy Williams shares the same name as a female serial killer who strangled to death elderly people. And every time I looked for Dorothy Williams' death in California, it brought up the serial killer. So I wasn't able to find any actual, you know, newspapers or information on uh, Leslie Allen Williams' mom. I have that problem, too. Yeah. You know how I mentioned earlier uh-huh. in one of the podcasts how I got into YouTube I figured out how to filter yeah well kind of find out that filters just when it was posted uh, so I'm like oh this happened yesterday no it didn't it was like four years old but somebody posted it for yesterday and yeah. that's what it felt I, uh, yeah. yeah so, so you I kept trying never trust anything yeah I want to find Dorothy Williams who was killed by her husband not Dorothy Williams who was killing elderly women mm-hmm. or actually even an old man too I actually thought she was kind of an interesting serial killer I should look into. Yeah. Um, the two boys who had been living with Dorothy, which were Lyle Jr. and Leslie, they moved back to Michigan to be raised by their maternal grandparents in Milford, Michigan. Leslie was arrested first as a teenager. He was charged with breaking into his home. He served time in 1971 for the first time because he spent a lot of time in jail. Yeah. In 1971, around 18 years old for breaking and entering, assault and rape. So already by age 18, he's assaulting, raping women because this is what he does literally every time he gets let out of jail. Yeah. Leslie became a habitual offender, spending 15 years in jail between 1971 and 1992. So oh. out of like 21 years, he spent 15 of them in jail. And just know that he should have spent the rest in jail too. Yeah, I'll get, I'll get to that part. <laughs> I'll get to that part. His offenses range from attempting, breaking and entering, breaking and entering, so those are actually two different charges, um, larceny from an auto, assault, assault with intent to commit murder, and first degree criminal sexual conduct. So 
He's raping women. He's assaulting people. He's stealing their things. Mm -hmm. In 1983, less than two weeks after he had been paroled, he attacked a woman. So not even two weeks out of jail. He's in jail. He attacks a woman with the threat to commit kidnapping, assault, and sexual penetration. With this assault, Leslie was given the official title of a habitual offender, which means the possibility of life in prison. For the crimes he committed against the woman, Leslie received a sentence of ten or five to ten years for the various assault and kidnapping charges, mm-hmm. and then seven to thirty for the habitual offender charge. And he should so altogether he should serve between twelve and forty years for these charges. And I do have like a little link here. So a habitual offender is a repeat offender, like a career criminal, career criminal. And various states define habitual offenders with differentiating laws. Michigan's Act 175 of 1927 states that a habitual offender is someone that's convicted of three or more felonies plus a whole bunch of shit. Like a lot of legal terms, so I just added the link. You want to see it? Go ahead, click on the show notes because I'm not doing all that. Less than 10 years later, Leslie's paroled in 1990 with a positive recommendation from a therapist. So he doesn't even serve less than 10 years for what he did for that woman. And he's supposed to serve 12 to 40. So they believe he's been rehabilitated. Oh, yes. He, um, even Leslie, at this point, surprised at the speed of his parole. Like, even he's like, what? You're letting me out? He wrote the parole board and said, I had little confidence of gaining a parole anytime soon. And yet they gave it to him. Mm-hmm. He's on parole, and he's acting like a model model citizen. He reports on time. He's seeing a therapist, and he's also killing women. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> in May 1992, he's still on parole, and he's supposed to be released from parole August of 1992. So he's gotten smart. Uh-huh. Act like you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And murder people and don't get caught. Exactly. However, he does get caught. So thankfully... He's seen kidnapping a woman at at gunpoint from a cemetery where she was visiting her mother's grave. He forced the 35-year-old woman into the trunk, threatening to rape and kill her. So his old M.O., right? Mm -hmm. The other people in the cemetery witnessed the abduction and called the police. Now, I don't know if he didn't see the other people or what's up, but yeah, he basically grabs her and throws her in the trunk. The police were able to find him and they pull him over. And while on the side of the road, he tells the police officers that he should be, quote, locked up. But he doesn't follow the statement at the time. He's like, oh, yeah, you guys should lock me up. I should be locked up. But doesn't follow on the why part. So the cops are like, really? They start looking into him. Leslie um, confesses to killing four teenage girls between his parole in September 1990 and his arrest again in May 1992. Leslie's former girlfriend called the police after his arrest for the latest kidnapping and showed a detective a field where Leslie had dumped her cat after killing it last summer. And he's a cat killer. Oh, he's a cat killer. So, yeah, one more mark against his soul. It was a few miles north of Oakwood Cemetery in Fenton. So that's where this field is that he buried the girls. The body of Cami Marie Villanueva, which I'm so sorry, girl, if I just mispronounced that, is V-I-L-L-A-N-U-E-V-A. She was an 18-year-old from South Lyon. She was found near the site. She had been choked to death, but Leslie claimed that she had suffocated. And at first I was like, what's the difference between choking and suffocating? But apparently the difference is choking, you've grabbed somebody around the neck. Mm-hmm. And suffocating could be, I just lay on your chest really hard, like compress your chest so you can't breathe and cover your mouth and nose at the same time. Okay. Which is a move known as burking, which happened, which was named after these guys, Burke and Hare, who back in England in the 1800s, I think it was 1800s, used to kill people and then sell their bodies to doctors for medical purposes for autopsies. Wow. Yeah, so you could, burking is suffocating someone. Choking is like grabbing them around the neck. 
Leslie stated that he killed Cammie immediately after abducting her. And he says that a lot. Oh, I killed her right away. But no, he's raping and stuff. He's not killing them right away like he says. Cynthia Jones, who was 15 years old and from Milford, was also found buried nearby. Leslie also claimed that she had been suffocated, but police found that she had died of a stab wound. Leslie also asserted that she had been killed right after the abduction. Two sisters with the last name Urban, U-R-B-I-N, Michelle, who was 16, and Melissa, who was 14 years old, were also found. Leslie had the most information about the sisters as he stalked them, stalked them after meeting them at a therapist's office. So he meets them at his therapist's office and then starts stalking them with the purpose of killing them. Yeah. The girls were from Tyrone Township in Livingston County. Leslie later said that he saw the girls several times over multiple days as he cased houses to rob. He said he, that he was attracted to the way that Melissa, the 14-year-old, walked. Les- disgusting. That is so disgusting. He is such a perv. Leslie came out of the bushes at the girls with a knife, forcing them in the trunk. He raped them and killed them within an hour of the abduction, according to Leslie. Which he keeps saying, oh, I killed them right away. But no, you know he didn't. Yeah. You know he's a liar. Mm-hmm. Leslie admitted to planning on killing the girls before he even abducted them. Leslie told investigators that he also had sex with their bodies after death. So, special kind of gross. Leslie was um, also admitting to peeping into windows for at women during this time, which I... Don't have like the actual fact, but I heard it. There's a correlation between peeping toms and rapists. Like you become a peeping tom, the next thing you do is become a rapist. It's like a step up. Hmm. Yeah. So once the story was out, people were up in arms that a man with such a long conviction record had spent so little time in jail. Because yeah. it's not the first time he's raped and killed, right? Mm-hmm. Each time he was paroled, he immediately attacked a woman upon release. And the public were so riled that he did all this while on parole with no one knowing that he was serial killing young girls. Oh, so angry. People yeah. so angry. Leslie told the detectives, quote, I don't want to cause any trouble. I don't want to cause ta- taxpayers any grief. I want to be locked up. Lock me up so I don't do it again. I have no control over my life. Some people had sympathy for him because he had a hard childhood. But experts say that he's just showing guilt and remorse in order to manipulate the public's opinion. They're like, no, he's not sincere. He's doing it. He manip- he's very manipulative. He's been, impi- he's been manipulating people all the time. He's just doing it again now. Hmm. My personal theory is he looks like a teddy bear in his mugshot, which I do have a link to the Otis um, thing for offenders. But he looks like a teddy bear. And mixed with this guilty attitude, people are more likely to attack the parole system instead of him because the parole board kept letting him go and they show no remorse they're like no we let him go and we were fine like ugh. so people really started going after them yeah and it didn't help that the authorities were initially seen as very unapologetic over the parole and shortened prison terms kathy urban the mother of michelle and melissa said i have no anger towards williams it's for the system which released him the parole board defended their position stating that leslie had a lot of quote positive factors in prison including the completion of his high school degree working towards an associate degree, employment in the prison factory for five years, and therapy participation for over a year. Well, and I think they should, I mean, we should look at it as he was a manipulator and he manipulated them yeah. into believing that he could be paroled. Well, and instead of admitting, admitting their mistake, they doubled down on how right they were. Mistake, because it actually people actually changed the law after this. Hmm. Yeah. So, Leslie, after Leslie's case, state legislatures drafted paperwork to make the parole panel more accountable for their releases. It does change the way we release people. 
Other than the four teens, now here's the really I bad part. To, hold on, yeah. I just want to point out: if I'm on that parole board, ain't nobody going. If I'm freaking responsible <laughs> yeah. for it. You will rot well, in I think, jail. No, I think people should go, life. but I don't think a man who literally every time he's released from jail immediately rapes and tortures women. Not you're not leaving. Yeah. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> so, other than the four teens, Leslie Allen Williams was accused of raping a nine-year-old girl in Wixom. He didn't admit to the child initially, but said he committed other assaults in which he believed the women did not come forward. The child rape case came through the courthouse where I worked in my late teens in 1993. And this is how it happened. So I worked as a co-op as a senior. I went to school for four hours and then I went to work. And I'd been hired by the 52nd Court First Division criminal section. And at the time it was in Wald Lake. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a true crime addict. They put me in the criminal division. This is like my place, right? And that's how I ended up looking a serial killer in the eyes. So at the court, the clerks were told to close the doors and lock all our internal doors while Leslie was in the building. Um, He was known as a woman murderer who said he can't control his impulses. And we are literally 99% women in the courthouse. There's very few men there. And I waited for what felt like forever because he's coming through for the rape of the little girl, right? I'm waiting forever. I'm waiting forever. I need to get to the probation department, which is across the hall from the criminal department where I worked. So finally, I'm just like, they have to be gone by now, right? I reach over and I open the door and I pull it open and they are just standing in front of the door. They haven't come down the hallway yet. And him and I turn and we look at each other. And then I just was like, oh shit. And we both looked down and then I closed the door like, oh, I was afraid I was going to get fired. I was told not to open the door. (laughs) I'd be afraid. Please, Jesus, don't be paroled again. You looked me in the eye. Yeah, seriously. And apparently he can't control his impulses. (laughs) So that's the closest I've ever been to a known serial killer. I'm sure I've known other serial killers. I just don't know who they are. And I do have a... um, the link to the offender tracking information system, Otis, that shows his mugshot and, and then the charges brought against him. But yeah, that was when I... That's crazy. In 1992, 93, I ran into a... And ever since then, you've listened to the people that tell you what to do. Um, no. <laughs> I'm still super impatient. None of that has changed. <laughs> I'm still me. <laughs> so what is yours about? All right, let's hear you. Uber murders. Okay. And I'm just going to be honest before I start talking about this. This is just like... Allie's always so prepared. She's got outlines and... I do. I actually spent hours looking through stuff. I know you can't always tell. I know you can't because this morning I was trying to look up an article and it was so crazy and I'd written three pages and it was unreadable and my husband had to come through and like edit for me because I was like none of this makes sense I'm so tired I'll cook breakfast you come fix this (laughs) and so that's uh and I'm coming in with just a hodgepodge of stuff tell me of notes so Uber yeah Uber's a taxi service have you ever used Uber I've actually never used Uber or Lyft really I've used oh wait were there any Lyft killers there was, okay, and I'll put it in the continuing conversation. Okay. There is a list of incidences with Uber and Lyft. Okay. And the length of this article just will blow your mind. Like, you'll never is use this su- service. It's super long? Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like, well, I just think anytime crap. you leave the house, you're in danger, girl. Molly, you in danger, girl. Yeah. That's what, that's what Whoopi said on Ghost. <laughs> So, I found in 2017 in Illinois, 16-year-old girl murdered her Uber driver. 
Her name was Alyssa Wasney, W-A-S-N-Y. Okay. So she's at Walmart. Okay. She steals a knife and a machete. From Walmart? From Walmart. Okay. I didn't even know Walmart sold machetes. Uh, don't they have guns there? I don't know, do uh, they? I thought they did. Okay. I actually don't shop at Walmart. I shop rarely, and if I do, it's online. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> because I want to say, yeah. their cleaning products are the cheapest. Are they? Laundry soap, cleaning products. Okay, I'm like, I have not been in Walmart in years. Last time I was in Walmart, we were on vacation, I was desperate for something, and the only thing around was a Walmart, and I'm yeah. like, damn it, Walmart, you got me. <laughs> um, so she calls for an Uber. The guy picks her up. Two minutes into it, she murders him. So she was just looking for someone to murder at that point. Yep, I guess I mean, so. that's why she wouldn't pick that shit up. It wasn't to tickle someone. Yeah, like, for me. <laughs> and not like, oh, I'm preparing. I'm just going to, like... Go it. She just went at him from the back seat? Yeah, went at him from the back seat. Somebody called the police. Okay. Somehow the police were called. I couldn't figure that out. But some t- somehow the police were called. That guy gets out of the car. The stabbed guy? Yeah. Okay. And runs. He's dying, but yeah. trying to find somebody to help him. She gets in his car, steals the Uber driver's car, crashes the Uber gra- driver's car, then escapes and hides behind a building. The police find her behind the building, only in her uh, leggings and bra. So she's crazy? Yep, crazy. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a mental illness there. Yep. Yeah. And then we had Michigan 2016, Uber driver Jason Dalton okay. shot eight people, killing six. Wait, is that the dude in Michigan? That's the one in Kalamazoo. Yep. yep. Yeah, Michigan, Kalamazoo. He's doing his Uber route. Yeah. And drives past a car dealership, kills people there. Doesn't he keep picking up passengers? Keep picking up passengers (laughs) like it's a normal ass day. Then he goes to Crackle Barrel, kills people in that parking lot, picks up his next pickup, drives them home or wherever they were going. Like normal. And just intermittently throughout that. Intermittently shooting people. And then he was found um, leaving a bar okay. that evening yeah. and was arrested. I actually, weirdly enough, heard something on the news about this the other day. And they were deciding whether or not to plead in insanity because he was talking about how Uber, like, he felt like he had to do it. Like, he said some crazy stuff. And they're trying to decide whether or not he can use the criminally insane defense. Because he was saying some crazy things. Hmm. Like, he had to well, kill them. Like, basically, Uber was telling them, telling him to. Well, it is. I mean, he is crazy, obviously. Well, batshit. You don't go around killing people and then just working like normal. <laughs> then I got in Denver, 2018. Okay. Michael Hancock was arrested on suspicion for fatally shooting a passenger. What? What? His passenger. Did he think they, that the doesn't the app show who that you picked them up? Like, come yeah. on, people! If you're gonna kill people, you have to think about what you're doing. Well, and the Uber driver called the police. Oh, so he killed his passenger, then called the police. Yep, he was the one that called the so police. So what was the passenger killed doing? Killed him with the with a semi-automatic fire gun. They didn't. I don't know if there was some type of argument or something. Wow, that sounds more like self-defense than the other ones. Wow. You can't shoot somebody with a semi-automatic because you disagree with them. True. But what if the guy's like, I'll shoot you. And he's like, I'll cap you first. 
Then there was Atlanta in Atlanta, February 2018. Uber driver claims he had to shoot his passenger due to self-defense that they got into an argument. Wow. And then I got Dundee, Florida, I think. Uh-oh. Definitely Florida. Florida, 2018. All right. This one is crazy. Okay. This is just beyond crazy. One note, the Uber driver just um, graduated from the police command academy. Wow. Okay. okay. So That's... is able to carry a gun. He has a gun with him. Okay. So he picks up this drunk woman from the bar and she's texting um, her boyfriend. They're going back and forth. The boyfriend is telling the drunk lady that he is going to hurt the Uber driver. Okay? Uh-oh. Somehow he finds out where they are. The boyfriend gets the Uber driver to pull over on the side of the road. He comes out all aggressive. The Uber yeah. driver gets out of his car. The guy's talking about shooting him. Shooting the Uber driver? Yep. Reaches up. But come to find out he was reaching for his cell phone, Uber driver shoots the guy. I can actually see that. self-defense. Yep. (laughs) So now it's just there's so many. But I'm going to run down this other list that I found. Okay. So 2014, Uber driver tragically struck and killed a six-year-old. That was super sad. (gasps) That is super sad. 2014, Uber driver assaulted a passenger. Um... And that Uber driver was found to have a previous felony. Oh, shit. So. Another 2014 Uber driver kidnapped a passenger. Oh, that's even scarier than killing. Yeah. 2014 Uber driver accused of fondling a passenger. Oh, it's perf. In 2013, an Uber driver assaulted a passenger and went on an anti-gay and anti-American rant. <laughs> gay, anti-gay and anti-American? That's yeah. a weird combo. And then three, yeah, I know, right? Three of them, I could not figure out what year, but one was an Uber driver choked their passenger in a racist attack. What? The second one that's unknown was Uber driver verbally and physically abused a passenger. Oh, jeez. And then finally, yeah, Uber driver attacked his passenger with a hammer. Holy crap! And this doesn't even even touch the surface really of the shit that happens in uber and lyft and i know my brother had mentioned you know taxi drivers so yeah. I, I have to google that i haven't yet i was gonna say let's follow up on that because mike's like i wonder if it lowered the rate of you know cab drivers having problems because yeah. now the crazy people are getting into ubers or i don't whatever. even see cabs anymore Right? Very rare do Every I now see and then, a cab. I used to see a coworker get dropped off by a cab, but you're right. More often, it's Lyft or Uber. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. You've been listening to Michigan and Other Mayhem with Allie. And Jen. Connect with us at michiganandothermayhem.com to join the conversation, listen to the podcast, access show notes, find site links, and correct us when necessary. Rate and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Anchor, and YouTube. Bye-bye now.